This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane here with uh, my tag team partner back, uh, Chris Valente. Chris, uh, welcome back, buddy. Thank you, sir. I am happy to be back. Normalcy in my life is a welcome thing at this point. Uh, sorry to hear about Rufus, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll dedicate this show to the roof. Um, ten great years. Uh, unfortunately, things happen, right? And uh, without getting too much into it, um, had to make the hard decision that all the dog owners, unfortunately, have to make at some point. And um, he's in a better spot. That's all I can say. He's definitely up there running around. Having fun drooling all over the place uh, versus having to deal with pandemics and us being up in his grill during all this. So pour one, yeah. out, for, pour one out for the roof. Pour one out for Rufus. I remember we, we would hear him like... Yeah, so coming, no more background noise. Coming down the, coming down the stairs. And <laughs> you would listen to one of our podcasts and be like, pretty sure I could hear Rufus snoring in the background. Uh, you not pretty sure you could. That was a guarantee. It is definitely much quieter in our house right now, which is this is the worst. It's the worst. I feel like the quietness after like sucked. It's, it's like I don't want the quiet. No, it's it's and then the he slept on my he slept on me for ten years too. So going to bed at night is a very different experience. Not having a bulldog on top of your legs and snoring. So the the white noise is is missed greatly. But um, he yeah. slept in your bed. That's one thing I've never let our dogs do: is sleep in the bed. He does, yeah. My my wife broke that when he was young, uh, as a puppy, and then from there you're screwed. There's no, you can't go back. You right? can't go back. No way. You're never kicking the dog out again. No, he's he, he would just he just whined to get in the bed, and yeah. So I, I had a, he slept on me though for ten years, literally on me, uh, on my legs. So we used to let the dogs up on the couch, like when we had a crappy couch. Yep. Us and then too. we got a nice couch. Yeah, like nope. you're not you're not on the couch, and they're like mind blown by that. Correct, completely same thing. I'm like, especially with a bulldog, I was like, you are not getting on my really nice couch from Jordan's. Like, ain't happening, bro. Like, don't even think about it. Nice sponsor dropping. There, yeah, nice sponsor. No, they're not my sponsor, but yes, yeah, Red Sox sponsor. Um, I almost got that couch for free. How? Oh, because the no hitter. Uh, the yeah. So as well as no hitter promotions, right? The Red Sox throw a no hitter, and yeah, you get all and, your stuff for free. And it was after the all-star break. It was like, because they had given away two years of free furniture with the sweeps in the World Series. Like, they were like, oh, and then it's all insured, right? It's not their money. But anyway, I bought the couch. Rick Porcello threw a one-hitter against the Yankees. <laughs> I was like, damn, I, I was so close. To getting, <laughs> you were so close. You're never rooting so hard for Rick Porcello in yeah, your life. for a no-hitter. Just one hit, or else would have had, had a free couch. But for those who don't know, our furniture partner does a promotion every year that ties into something. If something happens, when you buy your furniture at that store in a, in a certain time frame, you get the money back. So 
One year they did it if, if the Red Sox win the World Series, and I think that was like in 07 was the first time they did it. They did. Then they made it like if they sweep the next time, which was 13, they did. <laughs> they had to give away all the free furniture. So they've people have won free furniture twice now from Jordan's. Good for them. I, uh, Jordan's was a partner in Pawtucket too, uh, and they were. Uh, you know who? You know who? You know who owns Jordan's? Your boy owns Jordan. Elliot. No, Warren Buffett owns. Jordan's. I did. Yeah, the Berkshire Hathaway company. Berkshire Hathaway. That. That's yeah, your boy. That. That's your boy. Pictures and all. Pictures and all. Yeah. No. Um, so, Matt Harper, uh, my colleague and friend, uh, did his best filling in. I'll say this. One of the things that I've noticed, and Harp was great, uh, I, I noticed, I think I noticed too when Species on there, and Species was your best freaking man in the wedding. Yep. Right? Like, it takes a little bit to do this where it is just talking, right? It's not like being interviewed. Does that make sense? Like, even with Species, you were the best man in his wedding or whatever what it was. Yeah, he, he, Brian's still, uh, st- still living the Tomcat life down in Florida. But I, he was the best man at my wedding. We grew up together. Ever, uh, we met each other when he moved down to the Jersey Shore in seventh grade. So I've known him since we were 12 years old, which is now 20-something years, 25 years, 26 years. Jesus. Um, and you're right. Like, like doing this is very different than he and I just talking on the phone or having a text conversation. Yeah, right. Same thing. And... But you and I probably, when we, if you go back and listen to the earlier ones, had the same issue. Same. But now, it's just so natural that we know when the other one's going to talk, what the other one's going to say. We feed off each other. It's you would have just, no earthly idea what I'm going to say. No, well, that's the beauty of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> those are the those are the oh my god moments. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, it's not as easy as it seems to just jump in and get behind a mic and start talking, because I, I knew you and I kind of talked about this. I feel that you and I were probably a little bit more guarded about what we would say or do. Totally, totally. Not and now we realize just, just be authentic and let it all go. What, what do you got to lose? So, What you can gain. It's not what you can lose. It's what you can gain. <laughs> and Correct. you, my friend, can gain the ability to have Taco Bell. Because what's his name? Stole the base last night. I don't want to say his name because it still pains that he's gone. But... uh Correct. Was it Mookie who did it, or was it yeah, uh, Cody no, it was, Bellinger who stole the, stole the no, base? No, it was Mookie. Yeah, right, of course it was. Mookie his does quote, everything. It, Michael, his, he's Michael Jordan. His quote, his quote after the game was, I just needed to get a second base so everyone can get a taco. So Mookie, <laughs> Mookie was in it for the for the free taco as well. I don't know if he could afford it with his new contract. Um, yes, there is free tacos on October 28th. And I, I, I will tell you this. I have considered in my mind for the show to go – but then I'm like, do I really go to Taco Bell for the first time ever during a pandemic? That seems that seems insane. Why? I, seems never, like a great time to do it. Enjoy yourself. It's like a little it's, piece of. Well, uh, it's a Dorito. Freedom. It's a Los, it's a Los Doritos taco. Are great, they any, even better. Are they any good? Yeah, they're great. It's like a yeah. Dorito, but with beef and cheese and all the good stuff in it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I. I what do you never, mean you don't know? I, I, I and everyone says this is a way less crime for me not seeing the office. Way like less I, crime. I was talking to Harp about it at the end, and he goes, no, that's, like, ridiculous. And then I got tweets about this, and it's like, no, you I lost, mean, you, you got to commit the, to that whole thing. No, you, I mean, how many times have you driven past the Taco Bell and not had Taco Bell? Like, it's right oh, there, and it's so good. I, no, no. 
No, yours is yours is way worse. It was voted on. You you lost. I did. I, I that's that's not abnormal. But I did. I forgot. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, Marty used to tell me, he goes, I've forgotten more of what I've done in this business than uh, remember. <laughs> and uh, Taco Bell used to be one of my clients in Omaha. And uh, they sent me a foam Taco Bell uh, hat I, that, I, I, that, I, saw that I tweeted that. out last night or whatever. Uh, and But then I forgot we did a hot sauce race. So it was like the uh, a giant like mascot-like fire sauce, mild and medium or whatever the other one is. Excuse me. And uh, we had a race at the ballpark with that as a between inning promotion, which I loved. Uh, and I would I dressed up as the mascot, uh, as the fire sauce, uh, a few times. And uh, I was looking for pictures of that. I could not find that last night, but I one thousand percent have done that uh, race as the fire sauce. Did you win? I th- yeah, I did it. My actually, I did it my last game in Omaha. And you won. So it was like the last game, and I I absolutely did. I also did it like the first game. I don't know. Uh, but I definitely did Taco. I forgot Taco Bell was my client way back then. Was it? Did you have to do it with the franchisee or something like that down yeah. like in the air? Yeah, you do it with the franchisees and they see if they can get some corporate money. They say and then they pile whatever they can do together they, plus a little. They, they money mostly to see what you get. They give you just like coupons, right? They're like, here, we're gonna give you coupons to give out to your. Fans oh, I've given free. more Taco Bell coupons and all that kind of stuff. Um, we had Chick Fil A in Pawtucket uh, and we did the promotion. Um, where the whole ballpark could get a chicken uh, sandwich uh, for a between-innings contest. It was like, uh, we threw you a ball. If you cut that ball, you get a chicken sandwich. We slung, we put one in the slingshot. You catch that one, your section gets a chicken sandwich. And third, we put it in the T-shirt gun. Yep. And then fire it up really high. And uh, if if you caught that one, uh, the whole ballpark would get a chicken sandwich. Uh, And the two seconds or whatever that it is when that ball's in the air, and coming down was easily, easily the most dramatic uh, yeah. whole part of the ballpark. No, we did. Yeah, we did a go- for in Lowell. We did for five goals. You get a free slice of pizza from the local pizza shop. People used to take their ticket stuff down there and just line up and get the free pizza if we scored five goals. You know what? Albany might have been free tacos for Taco Bell. I'm trying to what? remember. Yeah, right. Because you were a good organization. Well run. I, it was either it was either free tacos or something with Papa John's. I can't, it was one of the I can't remember which one. Where we used to do a Papa John family four pack, where you would buy a Devil's family four pack and you'd get a free pizza or yep. free cheesy. We did that like, with some, Papa John's. Some, yeah, I forget which what it was, but yeah, those things are great for for the fans. Like people Except can do for it. The right? Employees uh, who never took advantage of Taco Bell. Ah, yeah, no, I've I've never I've never eaten Taco Bell. Um, not even been in a situation where I was offered it and refused it. It's not like I'm refusing Taco Bell. There's one, there is one restaurant I will never step foot in, and that's out of principle. I will never eat there, and I've been saying it for my whole entire life. So there is one restaurant I will never, ever, 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 ever eat in, and that is Olive Garden. Olive Garden? I will <laughs> never. Because you're Italian, and it's some yeah, sort of like yeah, yeah. Uh, if I'm strike gonna... against you being Italian or something? No, because like I'll have Bertucci's. I like the Tooch. I would be <laughs> the like, tooch. No one calls it the tooch. <laughs> yeah, it's the tooch. No one but, calls it the tooch. But like Olive Garden is just seems like absolute crap. And it's because it, it is. Yeah, like, if I'm gonna get Italian food, I'm gonna go get good Italian food. Like I'm just not gonna. If I go to Bertucci's, I get the pizza. Like I'm. That's, yeah, like, Bertucci's I, is what. Yeah. And the Bertucci's is a regional thing, right? That's only in New England. I 
think so. And their roles, their roles are phenomenal. Bertucci's. Yeah, that's only a New England thing. Um, I did say uh, we don't. One of the Blue Wire sponsors wouldn't allow me to say this, but I'm going to say it now because they're not uh, a sponsor right now. Cheesecake Factory is disgusting. <laughs> I hate cheesecake. Cheesecake Factory. I've been there a handful I disagree. of times. I disagree. And every time that I've been there, my food is sucked. You're going to the wrong Factory Cheesecake stinks. Factory. You're going to the wrong Cheesecake Factory. I like Cheesecake Factory. You don't like. Uh, you don't have taste buds or something. I don't know. <laughs> do, do you have? <laughs> do you, what about the cheesecake at the Cheesecake Factory? You like the cheesecake? That's fine, but it should be good. It's called the Cheesecake Factory. But like when you go to dinner there, it stinks. They burnt my pasta. Like how do you burn pasta? <laughs> well, that's impossible. Right? <laughs> they did. That's like when they put in a little saute pan to like get all the all this other stuff going. It I stinks. mean that that stinks. that would that would make stinks. me angry. You can't burn pasta. Like that's like literally they one did. of the hard like they frying it? Like I have no up? idea, but it was horrible. I we've eaten uh, there a couple times and it's horrible. I'm sure we've made people very hungry right now, by the way. <laughs> um and then as you listen to this at nine o'clock in the morning, we're talking about Olive Garden, Taco Bell and Cheesecake Factory. but uh, I, did, I, I literally just got this text from one of my best friends. He goes, you know, I love and I thoroughly enjoy Taco Bell. But you <laughs> yelling, it's amazing, after Chris said he likes Mexican food, is like yelling, it's amazing about Burger King when someone says they like steak. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I concur. Just, no. It's it's That's not te- Mexican. The text I just got this very second. It's not Mexican food. It's It's not Mexican food. It's just fast food that's in it's the disguise it's it's, it's but it's, i don't i can't disparage it i've never had it i don't think it's bad i just never fine. have gone out of my way to get it fine. anyway fine. but go uh, get your free taco mlb congratulations free tacos right. um we got to read an ad um go for it and this is how i totally screwed this up last time um about uh Abner Mares is a world champion boxer. I, I didn't know how to pronounce one of these words, um, but I do now. You know, you learn. Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian sports commentator, and most importantly, uh, dad to two little girls, beloved by, this is the word I screwed up, abuelas and hardcore fans alike. Abner is a pro at entertaining uh, the world in and out of the ring on Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares. You'll hear uh, from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer uh, and the man he is today. Um, do you like boxing? Uh, I like Mike Tyson. I like Mike Tyson, too. I was telling Harp, um, probably the last, I don't know, I remember where I was when uh, Tyson bit uh, in Vanderbilt Holyfield's ear. I do, too. I remember vividly. I was in my grandparents' basement they had one of those boxes, the illegal boxes. Yeah, that's what I was saying too. The harp, I had the same thing. The totally <laughs> yeah. legal box, right? Yep, yep. It was my Burge's house. We were we was watching. I was watching the Mike Tyson fight at my grandparents. Um, vividly remember that uh, being like, what just happened? Yeah, I was uh, like, did he just bite him? And then bit him again. <laughs> and then bit him again. He was jumping around and grabbing his ear. Yeah, no, that was that was wacko, Mike Tyson at the time. Um, I used to love. Is that why he just Tyson. got the face tattoo like a week before the fight? Like right around there, yeah. That was a that was post prison Mike. <laughs> so Crazy. he uh, he was a little different of a human being. I did watch the Mayweather uh, Pacquiao fight, which was the most boring thing on the planet. Oh yeah, it's Mayweather uh, just dodging and weave. Pacquiao didn't even swing because he had no shoulder, so that was like ridiculous. I definitely also remember when um, what's his face uh, 
Tyson fought Peter McNeely for his first fight back. Remember that? I, I remember. I'm Peter McNeely from Medford, Mass, <laughs> yeah, and I'm yep. here to kick Tyson's ass. And I was like, <laughs> this is going to end in six seconds. It did. It ended, <laughs> like, it ended in like 27 seconds. Oh, he was, my God. He got paid a million bucks. He could take a couple of hits from Tyson. but um, And he got like Pizza Hut commercials that knocked it. You remember that? Like he got yeah. knocked out by the like, Pizza Hut commercials. He probably made a few million dollars off of that thing. I don't think Peter guy. McNeely is doing too well afterwards, though. I, I I feel like there's a dark story there. I um, hope that Peter McNeely is like this investment banker. He took all that money and I don't uh, think now so. he, from, he made him $2 million and turned it into 200 uh, I'm going to go the other way on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I haven't been into boxing because i think like most people are into the heavyweights and we really haven't had a heavyweight since lennox lewis klitschko i don't Uh, yeah but i never i mean he's a russian you can't i mean no offense you just can't get into that no i'm not into that but anyway on this podcast they talk about uh topics like you know the state of boxing and uh being a great husband and uh a girl dad um listen to on the hook with abner mars wherever you get your podcast episodes in english on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish on Wednesdays. Miércoles is when is Spanish for Wednesdays. Spanish for Wednesdays. Lunes, Martes, Miércoles. I don't know what Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, is. Sábado, Domingo. Oh, Sábado, Domingo. Yep. Yeah. Which one? Sábado. Which one? Domingo. Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Saturday, Sábado. Friday, Sunday. Uh, I forget. All right. Anyway, go listen to that podcast. Be a great on abuelas. Boom. Boxing. Go for it. Go listen. Download. Subscribe. After you rate and review front office features. I hope so. Uh, please do that. So, um, one of the things I, I think that um, I think that we I, I wanted to ask you about, right? Now that we're kind of getting in, let's get into the actual thing of why we do this. Um, we were watching one of the big sports business news this week was... Um, about how sports ratings are getting their asses handed to them right now. Yep. Um, and by the way, if there's a quick podcast that you want to listen to, the Sports Business Daily, that just kind of gives you up on, it's like six to eight minutes long, right? Um, comes out every day. Uh, it's a really good way to kind of keep up to date on what's going on. Six to eight minutes, so you're not going to not listen to front office features. You can add that to your repertoire, right? Of course. Right. Add that one to your repertoire. Of course. Um, Got to make yourself well-rounded. You can't just listen to us. Right. I agree with that. I agree with that. Anyway, um, they're talking all about this is that uh, sports ratings uh, are getting their butts kicked. So um, we can get, yeah, we'll, we'll keep going. We'll dive into that. So I wanted to not only talk about the sports ratings, but I think, too, from a career standpoint, you used to work in this business. And I wanted to kind of learn more about your TV life, I guess. And, uh, you know, sure. how did the ratings work with it? How did this business side how did that, how did news like that affect you on a daily life? And you know, as we continue to tell people, you know, expand their horizons. There's more than just Major League Baseball and the NBA and the NFL and the NHL, right? It's it's the sports industry is so much larger. Yeah, and I mean the the industry itself is 100% driven by media, right? That's where the dollars come from. That's where the big contracts are. That's why the players make what they make. That's why the game continues to grow. And that's the other thing about TV. If for all of you mostly know, if you've cut the cord or whatever, most people don't watch live television unless it's a sporting event, which making, that's why these contracts or these sports deals are massive. That's why the MLB just renewed with TBS for billions of dollars. They upped their, they upped it. So let's first, let's tackle two things. Let's first tackle the first thing you said. Sports TV ratings 
are down, right? That across the board, it looks like from like a NBA Euro- Finals ratings were down by fifty percent. Fifty percent. So fifteen million people watched it last year. Seven and a half million people so watched it this year. Let's dive deeper into this um, because on the surface it looks like a terrible story, right? It looks yeah. sounds awful. Clearly, there's something going on, right? Like there's there's this can't be all of a sudden that everyone just stopped being sports fans. A lot of people are pointing to whether they're sick of the political stances or not. They don't like the fact that there's other things being done in the world. Yeah. Blah blah blah. You got to go deeper into the data to, to get the true story. So obviously, this is a unique situation in the fact that never have we ever had this much sports on television at the exact same given time. You had MLB playoffs, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, NFL, Kentucky derbies, Preaknesses, NASCAR, golf, Masters is still coming. It hasn't even happened yet, right? The Masters haven't even happened yet. I'm so excited for that. Here's the thing. By event, sports are 100% down, clearly. If you dive deeper into some of the data that ESPN and Fox has provided, overall consumption year over year for total sports watched is up 2%. Interesting. So, like, since uh, you didn't, so I'd watch whatever I watch in sports, but it's actually more. You can't watch four things at once, right? You just can't do it. And ratings is, but we'll get into ratings too. Like, we'll we'll get into ratings. Ratings to me is an absolute sham, (laughs) quite frankly, if you, like, honestly know how it works. Um, How does it work? So every market is geared off of a 500 household count. It's all right. based on scientific data that they say, look, 500 households is enough to just to say what the ratings are. But think about that. So 500 households in the Boston DMA, which has about 4 million TV households, 500 of those determine what the ratings were every single night. And if... Just to give you an example of how this can say you're a Nielsen household today, like Rob Crane's a Nielsen household, and you're a big watcher of Channel 5 News. And so you're watching it, you're watching it, you're watching it, it's registering that. They You lose your Nielsen household ability and they switch the person to your neighbor who's a big Channel 4 watcher. By just doing that, you've changed the rating because it's no longer registering you as the watcher of Channel 5. The Channel 4 now is registering because your neighbor is now the Nielsen household. How does the Nielsen household, is it just like something that they pick up or? You get you get it in the mail. They ask you to do it. So I've done that before. Like you like someone, they Nielsen is sending send you like, something like this. Like a buck. They send you like a dollar. Yeah, right. And then, uh, so I we Amy and I did that. Did you do the diary? the only way. Like the little diary thing. Well, that's the only way. So at the that given can't time. can't be the only way. There's modern technology. You can't have me just freaking with a pencil. So. Each market is different. So Comcast... I thought that was just because it was Scranton and Scranton... No, so they now the can give you the... They, capital of the world. So here's the other thing. Most boxes, most cable boxes until recently are not two-way. Meaning it only can send data it to can't. you. It can't send data back. Right. So there was no way to actually know... And now I think Comcast and all them really do know what everyone's watching. Let's be honest. Like, let's... They probably know what's technically being watched at a given time but from the nielsen perspective they rely on the system that you just mentioned it's a diary someone had to write down at five o'clock i watched x so how do they get the overnight rating right you it's, like wake up in the morning and they say the super bowl had 24 million people well watching. now it's the technology has changed so like there is a thing that you i think that you put on your box that tracks or there's like there's also this thing called a people meter 
that l can hear the sound of either the radio or your television, depending on what you're measuring for, whether it be Arbitron for radio, which is now Nielsen 2, and it hears what you're listening to. And that flipped radio in Boston, and probably in every market, gi ginormous swings in ratings. Because what used to happen was every male would write down, I'm listening to EEI all day long. <laughs> right, right, just I'm listening to EEI. What they weren't accounting for was when they were in the car with their kids who listened to pop radio, like Kiss 108. Yeah. When they went to this people meter where you literally just carry it around with you and it listens to what you're listening to and registers that as the rating, the ratings for the top 40 stations went through the roof and the sports radio stations came back to earth because there was no conceivable way that everyone was just listening to WEI all day long, every day, especially if you have kids. And I think TV, I'm not even, I'm not, again, I'm not 100% sure, but they're also now, the biggest thing about sports, which they've never been able to capture until I think within the last year, where do a lot of people watch sports? My house. No, but take outside the house. At a bar. Correct. They have never been able to account for the hundreds, thousands, millions of people at a bar watching a sporting event. Never have ever, ever counted out of home viewing. It's always been in home viewing. So ratings for TVs for sporting events and TV are probably been low in retrospect over the course of time. Because they're not, you know, you go out to a bar and you're not Buffalo like Wild Wings. Look at my people go to Buffalo Wild Wings just to watch college football or, yeah, or right. NFL. None of those people counted. Interesting. Also an overrated food place. I'm not commenting on Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, so... So anyway, working in working in media, because I think that was the other part of your question, but that was a kind of a crash course in writing. I, I learned something. Working in television is extremely beneficial to what I do today, for sure. Understanding it, having a general understanding of how the media world works, I think will help everybody and no matter what they're doing. Because like I said, it drives our business. Every decision in, from when a game time starts is driven by by television, right? The yep. rights fees, the revenues, the NFL salary cap, the NBA salary cap, everything is driven by television revenue. As you've seen, even why the reason they played these sports this year was for the TV money. It wasn't for anything other reason. It was to get the TV dollars. So working at Nesson 100% has helped me understand our world of business and sports tremendously by seeing behind the curtain of the revenue generated. So for instance, like this is how Nesson makes most of their money. How do you think Nesson makes most of their money? Selling ads. Is good guess. It's not even close. But it's pro it's all from uh, them getting paid by the um, cable companies, right? Correct. The carrier fees. <clears throat> yeah. So Nesson, the, the highest carrier fee on your cable bill is ESPN. ESPN charges the most to the cable companies for the rights to carry ESPN. So whenever you hear of a dispute of why, oh, I don't have the Yes Network or this isn't on my, the, the, for I think like 10 years, the Dodgers weren't on television. <laughs> with time, yeah, because they couldn't come to, because they signed like a billion dollar thing with their RSN or something, right? Well, they had their own network and then they couldn't agree with, I think it was one, one of the major cable providers out there on what the fee they wanted for the right to broadcast the, the new Dodger network. So ESPN charges, I think it's like, eight bucks eight or nine bucks a sub meaning for every subscriber on fios comcast dish direct tv etc 
they have to pay ESPN per month eight or nine bucks. You're talking Talk about a recurring uh, business model. So think about it. So there's probably 130 million households that have TV times nine bucks per month times 12. That's yeah, right. Where, that's where they're, that's that, why. But them losing all this stuff is crazy. Right. So I, I heard that the refund for Nesson for people who have Nesson is like a buck. Like they're giving everyone back a dollar because we lost games. It's like, it's ridiculous. But Nesson is probably in New England, the second highest um, fee. And then there's also, if you've ever noticed on your cable bill, if you look, there's also a thing called RSN fee. So you're paying for the, the fee that they're charging those cable networks for the rights to be able to watch the Bruins, the Red Sox. So Nesson makes the majority of their money from the carrier fees, the affiliate, the affiliate dollars. The ad dollars are, are good, but they don't pay the bills. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And um, do you, like I have YouTube TV. They, they got, I still have ESPN and everything. So they, you know, whatever I pay, what is it? YouTube TV, like 60 bucks a month now. You're still paying them just differently. Correct. You're just, the reason your YouTube TV um, monthly bill is lower is because they don't have 500 channels, right? So like yeah, most, right. if you look at, if you actually go, go through it and find out the carrier fees, most are like in the cents, like the pennies, less than a dollar for some of those weird random channels. Yeah. The big boys get the, the big money. The, 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 the funny part was the CBSs, the NBCs, and the ABCs of the world all used to be free, right? Those all used to yeah, be Yeah, over the air, right? Right. They now want money because they, they have to. They have to survive. And the reason why all these massive ESPN is willing to pay those massive contracts for rights, they're, they're even looking to get back in the NHL. They're going to bid on the NHL, they said, when the NBC contract is up, is because they need live television to justify that carrier affiliate and to keep people from cutting the cord or when they do cut the cord that they still buy ESPN plus it's all about content. That's interesting. It's interesting. They, uh, this whole, it's one thing I know nothing about. I know nothing about. I I learned it just like our listeners are right now is I I, I know nothing about any of this stuff. It's, it is interesting. It's a fascinating world and it's, it's amazing. And this is the other crazy part. So I'm not even exaggerating. Billions, billions of advertising dollars are all determined by the ratings. So some guy like me that was filling out my pencil and screen. Because what will happen is, and this is this is the difference, like, so media buying. So this is another, another avenue you can work in in sports, media buying or media selling. When you, most people, when they sell an ad spot or a unit in a game, as you would call it, you guarantee the agency who's probably placing that ad a rating. So I'll make this up. You go out to Mark and say, oh, this game is going to do a three. Meaning, so like, we're going to deliver you three rating points when your ad runs. So we have to post afterwards to say, was it a 2.6? Was it a 3.7? Did I get you the three I owed you? Because that's how you decided what the rate was worth. So that's how the whole price of the ad unit is determined because of the rating. Like the higher the rating is going to be, the more the money the ad costs. That's why a Super Bowl ad costs five and a half million dollars, and technically it's underpriced based on how many people watch it. So, say you do a two point two, but you promised said advertiser a three. You have to run another ad at some point in some other programming to get them that point eight that you owe them. Interesting. So, Interesting. Yes. So you can't if you under deliver. It's called it's called UD. So if the team 
take for instance the Red Sox, go out to market and be like, oh, we came off a World Series. Our ratings next year are going to be through the roof. We're going to go out with a five. And then you post a for three. For all games. You just think all games are going to get a five or is it down by per game, per inning? It per... averages it can average it averages out. Yeah, right? right. So like one game might be a ten with the Yankees and like, so like you just gotta to get to that five. All said and done, you end up being a four. You now have to probably run advertisements for that person in the Bruins to make up those rating points that you owed them because you charged them for the five. Yeah, now the, you just took away inventory. But if you over-deliver, so if you go out at a five and you deliver a six, you don't get more money. You just get a thank that's you. A, <laughs> you just get, hey, good job. That's it. So the unit the unit of measurement in, in, in TV for everything that they do is predicated on those ratings. And it drives billions of dollars of how they're decided of where they're placed. So every network is just trying to fight for this one pie of money. Like the pie doesn't change, right? There's only so many marketing yeah, right. dollars that are going to be spent. Everyone is trying to get that dollar. So when you switch from the, you to, from the Channel 5 news to the Channel 4 news, the Channel 4 news is like, great, I can now go charge more for my ad because I now have a higher rating. It's fascinating. Also seems a little archaic to me in the year of 2020. Right. I, I just figured that, you know, I don't know. Big Brother would know what the thing was. Well, that's the that's question. Kind of Big Brother most... probably does. Yeah. But they also don't necessarily want the truth out there for a lot of reasons. Right. So, yeah. I mean, so that's how that's how the world of media buying really works. And that's why sports, like, here's the problem. Like, if you think about anything that's a primetime television, like back when Seinfeld was on, back when Friends was on, back when The Office was on, everyone used to be sitting in front of their TV and watch it. They had to. There was no DVR. Not, not, ev- not everyone on well, The Office, but I did watch Seinfeld and I never watched Friends. I always thought Friends was stupid. You're, you're just, you're just, I mean. Seinfeld was great. Friends, Seinfeld, no, Seinfeld's it's... amazing. Seinfeld's amazing. I agree. Seinfeld's so great. you couldn't, the only way to watch that show was to be at must-see TV on a Thursday night, right? You had to sit down in front of your TV and watch it. Anything now that's on those type of networks gets DVR'd. So if you're buying an ad, the you chances are you fast forward it anyway. Fast forward it and buy. You don't even, but also from a so think about car dealers, they're very time sensitive with their promotions, right? Yep. If they're trying to run their promotion of like, hey, Memorial Day weekend, but you DVR'd it that Thursday before more Memorial Day weekend, and you didn't watch it for two weeks because you DVR'd it, that ad is absolutely worthless. Yeah. That's Point why like. sports is king from a media perspective. It's literally king, right? You can't. Ninety nine point two percent of sporting events are consumed live. That sounds like a good salesperson's uh, number to have. It's very good to have. Um, and that's why you see these crazy dollars spent by these networks for the rights to get the broadcast of the games. Because that's the only way they can go out and generate significant ad revenue. Well, um, this is... I, I think, too, one of the things that you did in your career is that you knew that that was important to sports, wanted to understand that business, and now that's... You know, so important to your everyday life, right? Is that you wanted to understand everything. I also think one of the things that you did well, and we've talked about this, is you kind of mapped it out, right? You kind of got the, I'll call it the GED of sports, right? Working in minor league baseball, minor league sports, right? You kind of get everything. A, I, I think that's a master's, not a GED. I think that's the master's program. The master's program. I, I, so you get it, right? <laughs> you, you, you get it. You got the whole thing. And then you kind of figure it out when you, you know, you understand like, hey, there's like all the sports is run off media. I should probably figure out that media thing. 
and then you go do something now you're Fenway Sports and you know killing it. So I but I think that your path uh, was a wise path. You kind of force you know you had some foresight. Yeah, no, it's worked out so far. Uh, I've I've always you and I have talked about I've never wanted to be pigeonholed into just being like labeled as that's the only thing I can do. Uh, and also having that knowledge makes it much easier for what I now do for a living to have what I'd say intelligent sounding conversations with folks when it comes to when they're, we're trying to activate a Red Sox deal or put together a Nesson package because we sell Nesson for Nesson. So it's definitely beneficial to have in my back pocket. I mean, I work with a lot of people at FSM who have never been on the media side and have no idea how it works and will defer to me or my boss, Chris, another Chris, who work, also worked at Nesson. Um, we have a leg up in He's that. He's a long-time media guy. Look, Cameron. Long time. He worked, yes, he worked at Yes and Nesson. He worked on the Yankee side and the Nesson side. He's awesome, too. All right. Um, switching topics. Well, before we, we do that, before yeah. we do that, we do have to take care of some business. We do have to take care of some business. That's what I was uh, throwing it to you. Uh, because if you're looking for jobs, and if a lot of people probably right now are, you should probably check out Indeed. Because even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving. And that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsor jobs, which are known to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. So one of the um, – well, well done. Um, <laughs> uh, perfect for our audience. Um <laughs> All you business owners out there, all make you, sure you call and All you college-age business owners, right? Um, anyway. <laughs> um, so one thing that we have not talked a ton about, but you just you talked about it a lot in the uh, your interview this week, um, is, is mental health. You know, one of the things that we've talked a lot about is, and I have to give ourselves credit for, right? When, um, when everything... Uh, the racial injustice, uh, the social injustice stuff came up. You know, you and I had a pretty uncomfortable podcast. And then we said, all right, we're going to do something about it. We're going to use our platform to talk through it, right? We've probably had three or four different guests talk through it. Uh, and, you know, I feel like we've done a pretty good job on that, right? I'm saying, hey, we've done what we said we were going to do, and we'll continue to do it when the time's appropriate. One thing that we haven't really talked about, uh, though I think your podcast, uh, your interview did it, was mental health, right? And the impact that that is playing um, in, uh, in kind of our world right now. 
what did you kind of learn through, what did you learn about mental health with uh, your interview that uh, dropped earlier this week? So uh, Alec Palmer, uh, he opened up and shared his story from two situations in he his life. He reached out to us via Twitter or something, didn't he? Uh, Instagram, I think. Instagram, yeah. Yeah. So Alec runs uh, the marketing for Momentum, which is Trevor Bauer's essentially uh, marketing company uh, where he is using athletes to tell their stories. Very similar to Uninterrupted, Players Tribune-esque. But they're, doing, they're, more, they're mainly focusing on baseball. Uh, but anyway, Alec is pretty young. Alec's probably like 24, 25. And just completely opened up about issues that he's had with mental health and struggles that he's gone through. And he sees a therapist uh, once a week uh, to talk about it. And our business, I think, has a probably a a stigma problem from you have to be tough, power through, work a shit ton of hours, make no money early in your career, sacrifice a lot. And just be okay with it, right? Like it's just—it's always been done. Like you just—that's you just accept it and move on, right? That's just the way the world is. And yeah, it's okay to sometimes raise your hand and say, "I need help" or "I'm struggling." Right now, I think more than ever. I mean, I'll be the first to admit there are definitely days that are way harder than others. That I'm probably mentally not in a great place when I feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. What we're going through where I could potentially doing my job and not feel like I'm accomplishing anything. And I sometimes have to sit back and remember that it's just this given moment and it'll be okay and we'll get through it, but it's tough. And there's a lot of things along our, our, our world in sports, whether you have to pick up your life and move like you've done a couple of times, like I've done a couple of times or decisions you have to make or the stress of building ballparks and having to juggle that with a family and a brand new baby newborn, like mentally, it weighs on you and it's okay to say, Hey, I need a break or I need some help or I need to just talk about this. And I think that's the biggest thing is like just being able to talk to somebody to get some things off your chest. You should find that person or people in your life that you can trust to have those, those conversations with regularly. Um, uh, how do I say this? Besides just saying it, um, probably, Right around, right after I wanted to start this, I start this podcast. So I don't know, 20. The reason I started, I guess the, I should go back. The reason I started Front Office Features and asked you to join was because I was in a tough mental space, right? I needed to go do something else uh, and figured I need something else to do. Um, and I wanted something big to do. And in probably June of 19, um, I was in a really bad spot mentally just like it was bad right and I, I started seeing a therapist too and um i saw uh, a guy uh once a week for uh i don't know till really kind of the pandemic um about trying to help get through some of these things is like you know questioning um was this what you know was questioning stuff personally questioning th- things professionally um you know and how to get out of a f- i don't know a negative funk 
that I was 100% in. So uh, mental health, man, like it's, you know, one of the things uh, I think that I learned, it's not something that it just, you know, all right, fixed. You know, health is better, right? It's not like a cold. Um, it's something that uh, I think I had to work on. And going to that therapist was easily one of the best decisions I ever made. I, I told my wife, it's like a, um, it's like an unbiased friend. You know, like if you were to come to me and say, I got a problem, I instantly go to your side, right? Right. Or because you're my friend, right? And the other guy can go pound sand. But this wasn't that, right? It was like, it was an unbiased you know, judge, and not judge. Uh, it was just an unbiased person to talk to and to kind of give you a different way. Uh, and I guess I never really thought about it like that. And it was, I don't know, helpful. It was it was helpful, and uh, you know I um, I liked it, and then I felt like you know when we were I was getting in a better place. I don't know February, March, April. I don't know whenever I got in a better place when a pandemic hit. Uh, <laughs> you're the only one. <laughs> I'm the only one. Um, Unless you're a liquor store owner, and they there you got the right they did Great. Um, and then I felt like, hey, you know I I and I and I stopped. But, uh, you know, I felt like I was in a, in a good spot. But, uh, you know, I definitely think, I don't know, I have, my personal experience has been that. And I know that it helped uh, significant, significantly. Well, it's funny. No, it's not funny. Um, you and I are the same age. We've been in the business the same amount of years. And my wife was like, are you having a midlife crisis at a certain point? I'm like, absolutely. No. Absolutely. Yeah. That midlife crisis thing is a one thousand percent true. And I was like, I don't think it's a crisis. Crisis a, sounds too much, but it's like a rethinking. You know. Correct. Like, yeah. You just you you start to put together like, all right, midlife questioning. Yeah. Like, all right, what am I working right? Like, what are we working towards? What like, am what I is doing? what are, what are we gonna what are we trying to accomplish? What was the next? What is the goal of this? Did I did I peak at twenty six? Like you right like. Right. So um, I, I asking answering the same question was like, what am I doing? I gotta go do something, right? That's what I felt. So I was like, you know what, screw it. This is and I came up with podcast. I mean, look, for from a timing perspective and where you and I are we're in our lives, it it made a lot of sense, right? Because we have this wealth of knowledge to give back. It makes us feel good. It's something totally else does. that changes up our day to day that can sometimes be hard. Um, long and tedious in some cases, but this provided an avenue for us to kind of be our own therapy um, yeah. in some weird way and to talk to folks that are younger trying to get into this world and guide them along to make us feel good about what we do and what we've accomplished to understand. Like, in a way, it's almost selfish <laughs> in some right. regards. But look, I could tell you right now too, like if you're out there and you're listening and you've you're going through some tough times and you're you might not even like you and I are lucky we have our kids and our wife to keep us occupied and busy. If you're if you're if you're like home by yourself or stuck at home with this pandemic and the winter's coming and it's gonna be even harder, just reach out to somebody and talk because the more you have it inside your own head, it's gonna play some nasty, nasty tricks on you. Yeah, it's what you put inside your head is what will come out, right? It, so if you're talking, you know, negative self-talk and negative 
this and you're putting those nasty things in your mind, it's what's going to come out. I don't, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's tough, right? Because it doesn't stop, right? Well, and, yeah, I uh, want to, I want to ask you about the, the therapy because the, yeah. the, what was the, what was the biggest benefit to you? Was it, was it getting another opinion or was it being able to just to talk about it? Um, both. I, I think I needed like, I'm a solutions oriented person, right? I'm feeling this way. What do I do to not, I don't want to feel this way. What do I do to stop? And like, I'm always looking for the answer, right? Give me the, give me the answer. And he didn't have it, but he also gave me some techniques of like, you're in a bad space. Here's what I would do if I'm in a, I'm in a bad space. Right. And trying to make you think of different things. Right. Like I remember this one time, um, as you know, I'm a competitive human being and too much sometimes. And we, I was talking about, I know something about that and like keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And I was like, it's exhausting and I don't like fighting. Right. I'm a, you know, if there was good cop, bad cop, I'm 1,000% the good cop. That's just naturally who I am. And, but, you know, I like to, I, I want to win, right? I'm competitive. And he's like, he, he goes, all right, come here. And he has like this, uh, you know, little twine. And he's like, pull on it, right? We're fighting. We're fighting. And he's like, we're pulling this back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, yeah, right? We're doing this. And uh, he goes, drop it. I said, what do you mean drop it? He goes, drop the rope. I dropped the rope. I goes, what are you fighting against now? And it was like this mind, like mind-blowing thought process of dropping the rope. And it's like, is it that big of a deal? And coming to that conclusion and... Stuff like that that he would walk through with me of like, you know, is it time to, is it time to drop the rope? And uh, hmm. some of those things, you know, uh, you know, F me up kind of good, you know, F me up in a good way of like, huh, never thought about it like that. Totally. I mean, th- th- that's the industry we work in, right? It's like you realize we're not curing cancer here. Um, sometimes we... <laughs> Well, like Kino always says we live in the we work in the toy department of life. We do, and and that's where we, you and I have talked about. This should be fun, right? It should always be fun. It's it shouldn't be a point where you aren't having fun anymore. And right now, I I'll be there for this is not fun. Like right now, what we're doing, we're not we don't getting the benefits of what we the reason why we join sports is because we're not having the games. We're not with the people. Yeah, you and I are not fo- people. We, we we're people, people, right? Like we like to be around people. We like to be doing interactive things. We like to be at the ballpark. We like to be inter- like face to face. Need to be around folks. human beings, man. Yeah, and um, this gets hard sometimes in the basement. <laughs> like, not gonna lie, that it's like, okay, I'm doing all this outreach. I'm doing all these emails. I'm talking to people on Zoom. What am I Zoom. really doing? Like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. it's like, what am I really doing? Like, am I accomplishing anything? And my wife always tells me, and she's right, like, I'm never satisfied because of that type A personality. So it's always like, well, okay, if that's the case, what are you working towards? And like, when you have kids and you have a family, your priorities change and you you reset of like, you, you're now going to work to create the best life possible for them versus 
yourself. It's just, yeah. right? That's the difference that flips the switch. But you can't completely set aside what your goals and priorities in life are. But it's it, this is this is a tough business for mental health. And I think, thank, thank the Lord that it's becoming much more of a topical conversation from not even just us, like athletes are starting to have the conversation. They're making yeah. it okay to admit that you're Kevin not Kevin Love, I okay. feel like, started it. Kevin Love came out. I mean, even Dak Prescott. I mean, he got, for ridiculous reasons, ridiculed by Skip Bayless. But Who cares what Skip Bayless has to say? No, nobody does. Um, it, it pains me that that guy makes millions of dollars a year. Like I'm like, why? But anyway, it's those guys have a lot of pressure too and like signing big contracts and the stuff that comes people are like oh i just need to perform like it's not that easy like what we do is not that easy yeah i you, uh you just need some help sometimes yeah and then I, i'm i definitely had that kind of tough guy mentality it's like nah just work through it get through it you'll be fine uh it's a generational yeah. thing totally totally i i've uh i feel like most of our listeners, you know, they're, you know, in their in their early and mid twenties. I think they're way more open to this. I think us, we're probably on that cusp of like, no and yes, maybe. I rub don't some, know. Rub some dirt on it. We're in the rub some dirt on a generation, right? Right. And there's also like, I don't know. I just think that um, I, I, it's 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 difficult to talk about because I don't know. It's like is personal as it gets right so you know i remember the guy was saying um you know it's you know know, they i hear about mindfulness i was like what the hell is this stuff (laughs) right like don't give me this crap and it's kind of your uh, new england cynicism right that comes out and uh man if you just like pause for a little bit and like and do that it like uh it, it 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 you know, you're not worrying about the anxiety of what happened or the regret of what you had, right? So, like, I don't know. I was watching the Jordan documentary, right? And they they said something that Michael Jordan was the most present person that they have ever met. So it didn't matter what happened before. It didn't matter, like, the anxiety of whether it's missing a shot or what happens after the big game or, you know, or anything that he was doing. It was just what's going on. I have to do this right this very second. And that was, he said it was the most present uh, present person that he's ever ever met. And then when the whole documentary ends with uh, present tense, one of my like uh, songs from Pearl Jam that just kind of like gets at you, you know, it's like um, you can, uh, uh, was it redigest in past regrets or you can live in the present tense. Uh, you, you you can spend your time alone. Um, uh, you uh, redigest. You can spend your time alone. I'm singing the song in my head. Redigest <laughs> in past regrets, or you can uh, 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 live in the present tense. I think is one of those songs that just kind of like it's know, home. It, it's home. It hits home. Uh, but I'll say this. Uh, you know, I encourage people go talk to people. Go do it. Go do it. Uh, doesn't hurt uh, you know it goes back to the thing right that maybe episode one two three i don't know early what's the worst that can happen i don't know you don't like the guy then don't go right, right. Then you just don't go right you wasted an hour who cares um so i don't know I, I i think it was um i think it was well worth it for me at the time i definitely question if i should you know 
go back. I just didn't like the regularity of it. Not that I didn't like it, but like, I don't know, fuck, I got to, you know, talk about something else this week, right? And it's like, so I was like, ah, oh, let's go over to, eh, it's like, I don't know. And then I kind of got enough, so it's, I don't know, welcome to my world. No, I mean, that's, look, the fact that you can share that, and it's, it, I think it all stems from the stigma of people being afraid that they're showing weakness. I think that's what it completely comes down to, right? It boils down to people who are afraid that they're going to be looked at differently if they admit that they're going through some tough times and need some help. And the, I think I, I forget who I read today from a quote, that the, the best leaders and the best people in the world are the ones that are okay asking and admitting that they need help in any regard. Yeah, that whether, they're not okay. That, that they're not okay. Or whether they need help in anything, whether it be like, hey, can you help me with this proposal? Or can you, like just asking for help is not a sign of weakness. Yeah. It's, it's a sign I, of strength. I also think since going to that guy, I was more, I'm more empathetic. As in, like, it helped me look at what others were going through or how you approach something. And, uh, you know, the way that you said something wasn't really the way that you intentioned it to come across or those types of things. So it's kind of like more understanding how others would perceive what you just said. Uh, so I don't know. It makes sense. Well, I don't know if it does, but I'll say this. I, I think that you and I should tackle uh, the way that I think that I'll give ourselves a pat on the back is the way that we've handled the uh, uh, social injustice and having those kind of conversations. I think the um, mental health side of this, we should, we should discuss uh, more. Yeah, because it doesn't matter what age you are. It, 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 it can affect no, well, you at any not. time. And we definitely encourage all of you out there listening, if you even want to just talk to us, if you're going through some dark times or rough t- rough patches because you feel like you're in that tunnel that you can't get out of, reach out. Yeah, of course. We'll, we'll answer the phone. We'll answer the phone. Um, I remember at the beginning of this, um, we go, you know, I just don't <laughs> know what we're going to talk about today. I mean, it was like, <laughs> oh, we talk, I haven't talked about, you know, each other. We haven't talked to each other in a couple of weeks. And, you know, I've been so busy at work and you've been so busy at work. I think this is going to be a short one, maybe 25, 30 minutes, right? Uh, we're pro. It's like an hour. Yeah, no, I know. It always happens. You said that. It, you, you said that. You go. Well, you we always say that. Now it ends up being an hour. So <laughs> here we are, an hour into it. I think, I think that's a good place to end it, though. I think so. People are there for you. Um, people will be supportive, and uh, and uh, I think that before we go, we got one more ad read to do. I got this one. Uh, the wait. Chris is finally over. Football's back, baby. Uh, by the way, Steelers five and zero since we started reading this pod, uh, reading this uh, bet online. You, the uh, the first time, first time in like thirty years. No, since like yeah, seventy nine. No, yeah, probably thirty years. Right, thirty. No, seventy nine or something like that. Forty yeah. years. <laughs> oh Jesus, forty years. Yeah, because I'm gonna be forty in two years. Uh, not this year, year and a half. Uh, anyway, uh, big game. Steelers Titans this week. Uh, losing the Steelers, losing Devin Bush, is a is a hit to their defense. He tore his ACL last week, um, but man, does that offense look pretty good? <clears throat> uh, you know, it might you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile. 
to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win the season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Uh, you get in on the season opening bonuses today to start off wagering on wins, division, uh, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Uh, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I stink at gambling on sports, by the way. Uh, you won. You already beat me this year, so quit while you're ahead. I did beat you, which is great. First week of the NFL season. Steelers five. By the way, Blake Snell is dealing tonight. Three nothing in the fifth. Yeah, and they uh, uh, hit a couple home runs. Rays hit a couple home runs. All comes back to Battle Creek. I bet you I can make some Battle Creek uh, references to. Uh, they were the Devil Rays way back then. They uh, they need they need this game. If they win this game, they're still in it. But they they got to win. They got to win this game tonight. We shall see. Go watch the World Series. Go watch sports. Go help those uh, Nielsen ratings. <laughs> uh, Chris, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Later.